0: This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence.
1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, a spectator's daily and sometimes more than daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and James Forsyth. So today, all candidates need 30 MP nominations to make it through. Yesterday, you had to have 20 to even get on the ballot paper, and a few candidates fell off. Fraser, probably the most striking was Sajid Javid. Why do you think he lacked the support in, in previous contests being talked of as a real chance of entering number 10?
2: Well, there is a kind answer and an unkind answer to that. The kind answer is that he laid out his policy in some detail. He wanted to present himself as the guy who just costed pledges and thinks these things through. Now, perhaps the party isn't in the mood for that sort of thing, so it, it, it preferred what Ruscicnek calls fairy tales. The unkind answer is that he's just too familiar. This is his third time around, and that when it comes to leadership contest, you have a sort of diminishing currency with how often you put yourself in front of the members that last time around um, he had this very alluring British dream story but now there's no shortage of British dream stories you've got Nadeem Zahawi with uh, if anything an even better story than um, Vinsachar Javid you've got Svelat Braverman Rishi Sunak uh, Priti Patel The, the, the party was spot for choice when it came to British dreams so what was a distinguishing feature for him last time around wasn't so much this time around in a way, I'm I'm an admirer of Sasha Javid. I think he's done most of his, not so much in health, but in previous roles. I think he's been an incredibly efficient and able minister. And, you know, when he was in the back benches, people were calling all the time to send Sasha to education, send Sasha to this, send Sasha to that, because he's able to go into department after department. And he's got the experience, which so many of these one-trick ponies running for leadership lack, but it just wasn't to be, not this time around, and perhaps not ever.
1: Now, James, perhaps we'll just touch on this one briefly. There was another candidate he failed to get through.
0: So Raymond just is someone's great surprise, uh, has has not received the 20 nominations necessary. to stand Did he through.
1: receive more than one? Uh, I, I,
0: I, I think he didn't trouble the scorers. I mean, James Heal has not had to do much typing when it, when it comes after his name. So I think we wait now. The big question about today is, obviously the bottom candidate goes out, but also any candidate who gets under 30 votes gets out now. That is striking because there are two candidates with over 30 right now, uh, publicly declared. Only two, Sunak and Mordent. I think nearly everyone expects Truss and Tugan Hart to make it over the 30 mark. What is less clear is whether the other four candidates in the race will manage to do that or not all the camps are standing quite confident that they can that they can get there on the 30 but it's hard to think that they all will because for everyone to get 30 that would imply a relatively even distribution of uh, uh, of votes and so i think the question is how quickly does this campaign narrow down remember there's another vote tomorrow and you know we could well be down to two candidates by by monday or tuesday
1: so fraser Today we're going to have the first chance of seeing how many uh, MPs the candidates really have behind them. We go beyond those who have publicly come out. We also find out if, uh, you know, some perhaps have publicly pledged support but are really going to vote for someone else. So is this going to be the moment we work out if Sunak really is the frontrunner of the parliamentary party and how much support Penny Morden has?
2: I think it would tell us more about Penny Mordaunt than Rishi Sunak. Right now, the front runner does tend to get an exaggerated support because if people think he's going to win. Then they'll say, "I'll give you votes if you give me the next job and my job." You know. So it's but right now we are talking about the world's least trustworthy electorate the Tory MPs would switch their votes in a heartbeat without somebody else would win. I mean, they might be influenced, for example, by this YouGov poll recently released, which um, says that um, Amrishi Sunak would, in fact, lose against almost anybody else in the final two, other than Nadeem Zahawi and Suyla Braverman. And Um, Jeremy Hunt. And um, and Jeremy Hunt. None of us three, by the way, are likely to get into the the final three. Whereas Penny Mordant, again, according to YouGov, she would comfortably beat pretty much everybody I don't know if this is good or bad for Penny Mordaunt, because what this suggests... And by the way, I'm sceptical about these polls. When you ask people to vote for, a, you know, imagine a hypothetical choice, especially against people they won't have really heard of. I mean, how big, really, is Swell Braverman's profile? I'm not sure how much weight to put in those polls, but right now it will be seen as a straw in the wind. And what this straw will say is if if Braverman makes the final two, she's likely to win. Now, if MPs don't want her to win, therefore they should not put her in the final two. So, you, for example, you might have put Jeremy Hunt in the final two, thinking that's okay, he's not going to win, he's going to get spanked by by Boris or whatever. But here, I think the momentum is now with Penny Morden who had a campaign launch this morning, and she is, as you were saying in your blog earlier on today, Katie, she is not just a dark horse, but she's a horse who seems to be stamping out in front. She's eased ahead of Richie Sunak in the bookmaker's odds. I suspect that lead is going to increase as time goes by.
1: James, what do all the other campaigns make of Penny Morden. I was at her launch earlier today, pretty sweaty launch, um, but mobbed. It was very busy. And in the Q&A, she was asked whether she'd need a new mandate given she didn't serve in Boris Johnson's cabinet. She was also fairly thin on the details of her policy and talked about how Whitehall needed to be shaken up, but didn't explain exactly why. So how are the other candidates finding the level of support she seems to be receiving?
0: Well, I think the other candidates clearly think that the Trans issue is her weakness. You saw the Suella Bravman letter on that front. Liz Truss had some comments to you in your interview of her in in the forthcoming issue of The Spectator about this issue. And several of the questions at the launch were about this. And so, I mean, this is clearly where they think that she has a, a vulnerability. But at the moment, I, I think that what she is winning on is a kind of vibe. If you see what I mean, I mean, I think that Tory members, it, 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 her her pitch is, I'm fresh, I'm different, I'm Labour's worst nightmare because I'm a, I'm a working class woman, I'm a naval reservist, I'm going to take Labour on. And I mean, also the other thing that appeals to that she's trying to do to appeal to MPs is this whole idea of kind of servant leadership in inverted commas or or, you know too too much about the the, was it too much about the leader not enough about the ship and I mean this is this idea that she is going to to kind of it's a metaphor for essentially kind of bringing back cabinet government and governing with MPs and after the what what Fraser describes in the cover story as well kind of dictatorial style of number 10 in recent years I think there there is a there is an appeal to that in parliament
1: Fraser, when we're looking ahead, I think to some of the other candidates, uh, we, we're seeing a trend in the polling. So Penny Morden, also Kemi, Badenok uh doing well. Do, do you think it's realistic uh, to have someone who doesn't have much cabinet experience? Now, Penny Morden, of course, has some. So do you think she, she'll be able to bat off that criticism more easily than someone like Kemi?
2: I don't think it's necessarily fatal. I mean, let's remember that Tony Blair, David Cameron didn't have any uh, government experience when they came in. Of course, it's harder when you're midway through um, government to find out, well, why didn't you have that experience? Can you? And uh, the bigger problem is that the Conservatives have seen what happens when somebody who talks a good game gets into office, isn't isn't able to deliver what they spent the last 20-odd years writing about in Boris Johnson's case. So you would need somebody with a track record of delivery, rather there's more of a premium on that now. But there's so many factors at play here. If you're a Tory party member deciding between the final two, you could be deciding on anything at all. Like, you know, who would I want to best represent the country? Who do I think is most likely to best beat Labour? Who do I think is most likely to develop to give me the low taxes that I want, even if ultimately they couldn't um, stave off a Labour majority? So sort of, that's very difficult to predict. So So right now, I mean, the race will be decided by... Who hates who the most in the Tory party, and we'll see. You know, for example, if if, if Kemi Badenoch is um, around for much longer, I think she's had the, one of the most interesting launches and has been quite distinctive. I've also been struck by how many Spectator writers have come out in favour of her, which I didn't expect. We were trying to get some balance on the website here, and you know, I woke up this morning and I find Robert Toombs has written yet another well, "I want Kemi" piece. And then Rod, Rod Littlefathers' column for Tomorrow's Magazine, Kemi, it should be Kemi. And I can kind of see why. I mean, not not only is she a sort of a spectator alumn,i but she is talking about issues, which a lot of our writers think are very important. But that view is not universally shared. So I would still hesitate to make any predictions, even about the final two.
1: And James, just finally... When it comes to the candidate on the right, Penny Morden, if he has been somewhere in the middle, in the sense that so he speaks to some of her backers, a lot of them actually, despite having some Brexiteer backers, who you might think would be more likely to back someone like... Uh brave Braveman, some people used to be involved in the ERG. There are definitely a decent chunk who, if she was knocked out, would get behind Rishi Sunak. So when it comes to courting the right of the party, how how is that fight going in terms of getting that support? Because you've had brave so Braveman, you've had Kemi Baden knocking, you've had Liz Truss. Liz Truss is making some progress?
0: Yeah, Liz Truss is, she is making progress with what one might call kind of establishment of that group. She got... In Duncan Smith, the former leader, to back her today. Uh, Mark Francois, a kind of key figure in the ERG, is backing her as well. And, and you can see her building that up. But then Bernard Jenkin, another important ERG figure, is going to back Sweller Brotherman, as is David Jones, the former Welsh secretary, uh, another, another figure in the ERG. So, I mean, you can see what you might call the kind of establishment, you know, more... Jason, uh, Jacob rees morgan the Dean Doris, Ian Duncan Smith, trying to say to people, look, Liz Truss is is the best bet for the right here. Unite behind her. I mean, there is still some resistance to that from those who say, look, you know, um, in twenty sixteen she was a Remainer. Why aren't we backing kind of one of our own? I mean, one of the Penny Morden, one of the clever things Penny Morden is doing, is that she is fishing in lots of different ideological pools in the party. I mean, she's built up a lot of personal friendships over the years, and so she is, she is, she. is is she is drawing support from 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 all sorts of places and i mean, that makes it difficult for the other campaigns because they can't quite work out where she is going to kind of predate next
1: thank you james thank you fraser and thank you for listening a spectator subscription is now better value than ever before as a new subscriber joining today you'll pay just one pound a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year to subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.